This is Brain Fuzz, the art, music, and culture podcast with Joe Camusa and Matthew White. While still trying to decide if they want to do a podcast, we get to know Joe better. Joe and Matthew attempt to drop names and discuss bumper music, mark more on, the social media presence of artists, studio porn, Jerry Salts, and art speak red flags. This is episode 2. Now, here are Joe Camusa and Matthew White. So earlier, you know, as we were kind of tossing this whole idea around about a, a podcast, the first, one of the first things I thought of was bumper music. Do you have bumper music? It's bumper music. You know, bumper music. It's an old radio term, a little inside baseball for you there. But uh, Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, bumper music. I don't think podcasts have bumper music. Uh, you know, but I've been listening to Modern Art Notes with uh, Tyler Green, is it? Art historian. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of them in the last few days. Um, and like William Popel was one today. Okay. Remember having drinks with yes. him in Chicago? Mm-hmm. Just to name drop a little bit. We love to name drop. Um, but the, the music kills me. And I think it's a harmonium, but it has this breathy kind of sound. It's very repetitive. And he isn't a great speaker. And it's the volume changes a lot. Like, in his, he obviously records like the intros and all that. Okay. But then the interviews are done over the phone. Oh, okay. But the volume changes okay. and the sound changes. It's like it's not as seamless, like like compared to say Mark Maron's yeah thing. Like he's a skilled announcer slash broadcaster. Gotcha. He's done it before. But I was thinking, like you know, I I almost can't get through listening to a few of these things to have to hear this really slow bumper music intro outro or what have you and it's just like man change it up or do something like so i love bumper i mean i love i love the but, art but of bumper music but i think i want like more variety but like mark Marin annoys the shit out of me because his is he plays it's him playing guitar but he has a lousy sense of rhythm does he really i think he does yeah you as know, one who's played guitar for a long time and and it's just kind of Seems a little self-indulgent too. Like every once in a while, I'll be all right. But see, I've avoided his podcast because I've I've, I've listened to the um, I've watched a couple of his stand-up routines, and I and I enjoy. He's got this great bit about discovering beef heart. Did you did you I heard have that? Not heard that. I it's fantastic. It's 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 good. I love that. But for the most part, listening to it's just like I don't want to listen to this guy. I I I used to not be able to get you know his format. His he starts with a you know kind of the monologue and lists all his sponsors and then uh, we'll go into the guests um, that was hard for a long time because he's annoying it can be uh, he's gotten better I think he's over he's like 550 episodes at this point so he's having success he interviewed Obama he's, he just interviewed Keith Richards which is going to air in a couple weeks oh that's going to be so good. I mean I think the guy has matured and he's calmed quite a bit but I mean he, and he will admit he's neurotic and needy and um so some days, yeah, you just want to, you kind of fast forward a little bit through it. But um, what he is really good at, I'll say, though, is for the most part getting out of creative people how they do and why they do what they do. And I'm thinking of, like, again, our patron saint, Stuart Harodner, uh, artistic director emeritus, <laughs> uh, you know, was a, is a very good interviewer. Well, so and we're, conversationalist. We're assuming that it, 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 anybody who would listen to this knows Stuart Herodner. That's true. We're assuming that. Um, 
guess you could Google him, right? You could Google him. Um, he's had quite a quite a history. Uh, artist, educator, curator. Um, where you know where to where to go? Where like, walk down a street with him in in Miami or New York, and how many people are like, "Hey, Stuart." Yeah. Yeah. And not a name dropper in the slightest. Always respected that. You know, that's right. He made a good point one time that I will never... He actually has made a number of points that I will... But one thing he said that I really liked was when when someone buys your work, don't go on social media and say, thanks to so-and-so for... And um, I think that goes along with that whole being respectful of the... I guess the relationship. And... Um, that That just opens up a huge door for me. Oh, have you been posting on social media? No, I haven't. If anything, I feel like I've gone completely, completely underground. And part of that was a strategy um, that I gave myself permission um, going to uh, grad school for an MFA. So a three-year you know, self-imposed exile, if you will. Um, but I've got to the point now where I, I, I get annoyed when I see people constantly posting their work. It's not. I mean, it's fine to do a website, but to like say on social media, to constantly be or like studio shots. I mean, just everything they're thinking or eating. It's like to me, it's very indulgent, and if anything, it's making me go the other way. Mm-hmm. I wonder, from a career standpoint, small-time career, like in terms of like move, like if you want to sell work, I mm-hmm. think maybe that's not a bad thing. I think big, big picture, mm-hmm. big art world. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I think silence is golden. You know, there are a lot of people that even suggest uh, don't even have your own website. But, I mean, until you get to that point where someone's writing about yeah, you, right. you, kind, no, you have to do you it. Have but, to. but you know what I mean. Like, there's that fine line. And I'm just thinking right now, I think everybody being so, like, that kind of stuff. Like, I've, like, I've seen that just this week with people. like I've, Oh, and, and a picture of it hanging over, like, somebody's mantle or, uh, or in a public. I, th- I think it's tacky. Let's say someone else posts a picture of your work in their house. You can't have no control over That's that. That's fine. That's fine. But you're saying go to somebody's house and say, wow, this looks great at uh, so-and-so. No, I'm saying, like, I'd like to thank so-and-so yeah. to your point. Right. Who, and, you know, for my work that's now hanging at, you know, X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. That. So what about the galleries, though? Again, a gallery can do... That's their job. Yeah. And so I as the that, artist, you should... You should I feel like as the artist, yeah. there's, it's nice to be kind of in my little... Actually, my fairly large, um, nicely accommodating, appointed studio here. How much is um, how much is this changing now? I mean, how much is it just the, what people are demanding now on the, from, from the medium? But, but again, who's demanding and what... You know, again, if you're... It depends what your business is. And I think if your art is say based around social media or you're you have a social critique you're commenting on <clears throat> on media sure um, I feel like I'm in a separate little area in terms of like I make paintings and drawings that are technically for sale that's well, a little bit different it's not saying that they're you know not without any, not even getting into what they're about but you know what I mean like, so I'm just trying to play advocate of the devil I here. understand so if so let's say someone that would otherwise never go in that gallery, but they're friend of a friend, and they see your work, they encounter your work that way. I think that can be great, but I mean, I've had a lot of, um, especially, um, not sound ageist, but younger people that are always like, oh, like, you, how, you get a lot of likes 
likes don't necessarily translate, they really don't translate into sales is what I'm trying to oh, say. Oh, Or in terms yeah, of like no. your, your career or no. any kind of critical feedback. So to me, and if anything, I think that it also is addicting, let's face it. But I can still take a picture of my studio floor here with some drips of paint from today's uh, work time that I'll get a, a lot more likes than if I put up a finished piece of work. It's just amazing. People love, stu- I call it studio porn. Yeah. It could be just wouldn't. anything. Here's my dirty brush. Like, love in the studio, hashtag. <laughs> you know. And again, to me, it's like, do I want to spend the time doing that? Or working or reading or writing and I guess I'm focusing on um, I mean and, it, and it's concerning you know because it's like you, you can't completely shut your back turn your back on that side of things but like <sighs> yeah. there are artists that I really like like a, like William Powhida is a great example of someone whose work I think is um, there's a lot of satire to it and it's a blazing critique of the of the art business of entertainment in general and he naturally has to have a pretty strong social media presence. And, uh, but I mean, like, once you do that, then that's your thing. And you like to stay with that current. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, so Jerry Saltz, let's talk about that. Okay. So have you watched his Twitter and his Instagram? I don't do either. Okay. Well, his Twitter is more entertaining than his Instagram. His Instagram tends to be a little more on the, uh, but Instagram's an image, correct? Yes. So you got your image, but then you you know you can have text and although I mean you, you know you can post images with Twitter, but there's just something about the way that Instagram delivers the you receive the information. But Jerry Saltz, the uh, to me the tweets, I enjoy those, but the Instagram. Well, he's a writer. I mean, I know he was trained or yeah, but he, the ins- he, he tried to be an artist. The Instagram gets a little pervy. Oh well, there you go. But he, yeah, he tends to skew that way. But uh, but obviously, what like skewed towards the pervy or the sensational? I mean, he's got to get yeah, eyeballs. Yeah. It's I, like, I, hey, I'm yelling over here, and you're gonna pay attention to me. Um, I feel like he talks out of all sides of his mouth. Though. Well, he does. He totally does. But man, when I agree with him, I agree with him. I, I don't dislike him. Yeah. I just think though it's that age-old thing though. It's like it's easy to sit. I mean, it's not easy to write, I'll say that, and to go out and look at all that he does, but to constantly just be demanding that there needs to be something new and exciting and worthwhile, almost like a call for a new avant-garde. Like, it just, you can't have that every, on this cycle that we're on now, where it's <laughs> yeah. like the new, the fall season. Um, how, how, much the, how much of that is driven, though, by social media? I, I mean, you think again, of the speed that's, of that's everything. That's part of me that, you know, that's what goes in my head right now, which might sound... You know, I don't, I don't know if it's negative, but, like, do you just opt out of that? You know, like, that notion of the art. I don't like the word artist. I think it's a big, lofty, just, like, back to my misquoted uh, Michelle, uh, Charlene von Heil from earlier. You know, the myths around the artist. That's a big word. You know, yeah. Picasso was an artist. But, um, but do you... I'm do, okay with Do you. I opt out of some of this in exchange for, like, this is life and death in terms of, like, trying to do this for a living? So in other words, like just let somebody else handle the the marketing and the sensational. And like I got enough trouble just being in this room, yeah. you know, no, that's doing, true. doing the work I'm trying to do, and like just trying to come up with a cogent artist statement that isn't art speak, using words like limno. Okay, 
let's get all right let's get 10 10 art speak words that uh drive you crazy oh i can i can do i have an actual you list. actually have the, um it's in i've got words I, i've got words that are just a red flag that i need to pay attention recontextualize a constant yeah. liminal um hang on ah mediate okay ambiguity reify Re- reified kind of make okay yeah, yeah an oldie but a goodie dialogue I've made peace with dialogue and process it used to just set my hair on fire I'm okay with process because I don't know the alternative I am now but like know? as in my or in practice years ago when I first yeah. encountered that that really bugged me I get I, it now I get it I like it agency okay Engagement. Oh, but man, oh yeah. I know. Phenomenology. Ooh. That's a big one. Or phenomenal algae. Simulacra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nexus. Uh oh. Nexus. That's a big one. (laughs) Signifiers. Signifiers are huge. Okay. That's not terrible. Lexicon. Oh. Impose my lexicon. Ooh. Impose my lexicon. That was a that was a beef heart record. Continuum. Okay. Here's one from like this is more of a I think a trying to sound very artistic. Dystopian. Oh, that's so big right now though. Oh, it's been, it's never goes away. Ontological. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just a few. Just a, just You've got a more longer. than ten there. Oh, yeah, it's an ongoing. But you said I, dialogue, so you don't. So if so, if I'm referring to two pieces on the wall, I said these two pieces I, are in I dialogue. I use it. I know, but it's just one of those things that everyone says it's it's constant dialogue. I want to be in dialogue with. Ugh. And then, and then you can be you can be snarky, but you know if you think about it, um, there are artists that like I wrote about extensively, and kind of set up camp with for the last, um, especially the last year. Uh, Charlene Von Heil being one of them. And, uh, yeah, I'm not in dialogue with them. We're not actually, <laughs> yeah. you know, but there's certainly, and I'm reading a 10-year-old article or something on her interview, but um, but it's forming, you know, a dialogue to me is more of a, an actual, I think it, it, it helps formulate. So how do you feel about two, two, two objects... Two dumb objects, mm-hmm. side by side. Sure, I think being there's... in dialogue. Yeah, that's something, just there's something about it. It rubs me wrong, but I don't know how else to communicate the fact that these two pieces are sitting together for a reason. I found two artists today looking at a survey of painting. I think it was in Vitamin P, uh, one of the great Feiden um, survey books on painting. But two artists, and it's alphabetical, and yet the work happen to just completely line up in terms of just the medium and some of the technique and the subject. It was just one of those really weird things where you think, like, this looks like it was curated this yeah. way. So, so I think in terms of your question of things being in dialogue, mm-hmm. these things definitely were kind of, whether you want to say speaking to one another or relating. Um, I, another word that drives me crazy, but I don't, is inform. Oh, this is informed by... But, but, it, but try not to use it. Try I, not I, to use I've it. I've used it. 
uh, that's like in a, in a critique situation to say, to not say something like, this draws on, you'll hear that like 50 times in a, in a two-hour thing. But yeah, informed by, I, I think art writing, I mean writing, good writing, period, those that are good at it, make it look very easy, but um, I think to, to write about work is still like one of the hardest things I've ever tried to do. I used to think I was a decent writer. Ooh. I think it's very hard to get beyond um, those cliches and also, you know, to do like a visual, like an analysis, to be able to descriptively write, even about somebody else's work. It's definitely easier about something else versus your own. That's therapy almost. Um, so the two greatest types of writing, obituaries and oh, sports writing. I like a good obituary. Hey, a good obituary really... Yeah, can be uplifting too. But how do you compress, you know, hopefully many years... Uh, but good art writing. Um, there are some greats. You know, I've heard a lot of people say, uh, like Peter Sheldahl is a, is a favorite of mine, and they're usually one page, max two, um, in, in, in The New Yorker. I'm talking about his writing there. Um, I think he's been writing for them for at least, I don't know, 20 years or more. Um, but I've, I've had knockdown fights with people that think that it doesn't mean anything, and I then these are smart people. And I think, well, then fine. But, I mean, the man's a poet first and foremost, but his writing is, will take you to a different place and you learn something. There's not, I've never read one of his columns that I haven't had to look up at least one or two words, and I don't think it's to show you how smart he is. It's just... Yeah, I love that's that. That's part of, that's how you learn. But, I mean, he can certainly write and uh, attach associations or what have you and I think that's what uh, a good curator and that word is a word that is way overused these days I don't every, but I every don't. retail store has now a curated experience but mm-hmm. a, uh, an art curator I think again to put uh, various objects um, or works in a room if and, you have an Instagram account though what are you if you have an Instagram account are you a, the, is, uh, that, that, is that the, do they call that's you a curator what they're saying you <sighs> Oh yeah, I've been told I should do this, and it's one of those things that one of these days I'll I may uh, I may put my uh, toe in the water on that one. I think it's a good challenge. Instagram or yeah, curation? Instagram. Oh okay. I may organize a show at some point. An Instagram show? No, a oh. a, 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 a gallery. Or, you know a. A work, an art show somewhere. So you would be an organizer? I would be an organizer maybe. It depends how in-depth I get. Wait, I, what's the... What's, I've been mulling this over for the last three years. I, it, it's tough to find that cutoff, though, when you're an organizer and when you're a... But I, I when last year to have Georgia State, mm-hmm. uh, some of my fellow studio mates here actually come to Athens and put a show on. Mm-hmm. I literally was a facilitator in making that happen. I did not come up with the concept, pick the work... So to say that I'm a curator would be a lie. I like that. You know? Yep. Um, Trevor Reese was the curator on that one. Okay. Under the aegis of uh, uh, Craig Drennan. Um, you know, that's a big difference than coming up with a theme. And I like the idea, and I think it'd be a great test. And I think the writing component of that is something like I really um, want to see happen. But there's other things that have to happen first. Yeah, you know, uh, with my own, with regards to my own career, um, 
But I think that's a great way. Um, you know, again, you talk about this notion of dialogue. That's that's what I think propels most people through the art world. And I don't mean out of for fame or for fortune, but just for um, vitality or on an ongoing to be a going concern. Mm-hmm. Whether it's people forming collectives or you know, I'm just looking around at a lot of very smart people in this town um, that are that have you know maybe even multiple degrees. They're trained artists, and yet they're writing and they're doing this and they're doing that, and they seem to be um, happy. And uh, to me, that that's where to go instead of being kind of this one-dimensional. You want to be that utility utility infielder or what have you <laughs> to go back to baseball metaphors. Frustrated baseball player. Were you really? I I played. Did you? Yeah, growing up. What was your position? Uh, my favorite was playing catcher. Huh. Playing third base too. Um, oh, that's tough. Third was tough. Catcher was tough physically, and then yeah. uh, outfield. But then I don't know. I think my once my eyesight started to go, center field wasn't so fun anymore. Trying to yeah. catch fly balls and yeah. all that running and yeah. Well, I've learned something. Yeah, this podcasting is hard work. Oh, I think we've done quite well. But it does, it does. This is starting to feel like this meta kind of film where I keep hearing, <laughs> you know, I think we've done quite well. And it's going to be like a Paul Pfeiffer video. It does. The whole thing is just that, like looped. I think we've done <laughs> quite well. And then it goes back to, but we've really done quite well. I, I am, I, I do want to get back to this bumper music thing, though. So. See, don't you think it could be a theme? Because usually we go into these great tangents about records and like. No, I think something completely out of the. I don't know though. Do you want more of a droning kind of, or do you want do you want something upbeat? It depends on the week. I think we need something upbeat. I think it could also be like you know each person we pick a song as we're gathering source material, notes, what have you. Do the pregame. We got to talk about fair use though. Perhaps. I don't think that's a fair use. Theoretically, I guess, yeah, you're right. You cannot take, say, a legitimate piece of music and use it. Without, a what? A what? Well, like legitimate. Like, What's this? Uh, so let's use illegitimate music. No, I mean, like, you know, somebody versus, like, something that you make. I could play a cover of something, I'm sure, and we could probably get away. Versus, not that I want to, but versus then, like, playing... Name, yeah. name a band. Like yeah. That, I think theoretically, yes, you should be paying for that. Hmm. Um, maybe you should get out your hammer, Dulcimer, and. Or theremin. Theremin. I don't think you can. Yeah, my understanding is you can't do what we were. Not for long. If you get, you know, if. if yeah, if, you can get <laughs> No, it's the. When the. Uh, when you get that. Uh, when More you, than two people listening well, to first, you. Well, you're going to get a cease and desist first, right? You're going to get a cease and desist, and then, and then you can just desist, and or you can cease. What is desist? At what point do you? Just, yeah, it seems <laughs> redundant. I'll just cease. Stop and stop. <laughs> a notice of cessation. Wait, a request for wait, cessation. Cease and does des, desist mean to go in, and then in the future? Stop and don't do this again. I think that's what yeah, that must mean. Yeah. In legalese. So did you see the show um, John C. Riley? It was on um, Adult Swim, I believe. No. Let's I mean, check it out. It's called Let's Check It Out. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. 
<laughs> well, actually, it's good for a little while, and then after, and then you're like, oh my gosh, I can't. But you, it's like a train wreck. You can't, you know, you, you have to watch it. I could see him hanging out with Daniel Fuller. I don't know why. I could see John C. Riley and Daniel Fuller playing ping pong together. You know, those are two people that I can see hanging out with just about anybody, though, honestly. What is that? Hmm? What is that? That, that. They're in dialogue together. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.